This is The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 359. We need to figure out what your worth is per hour. And that's, that's a KPI that I think every person in this country should, check, should track. You have to know what you're worth per hour for multiple reasons. Um, and it's real simple. It's how much money did you make last year divided by 2080 equals your worth per hour. And 2080 is approximately working a nine to five job, five days a week, 40 hours a week. And as a business owner, you and I both know that you're probably working more than 40 hours a week. That is Thomas Keenan talking about one of the many things that we need to pay attention to when we're focused on the business of our business as coaches. Just because you're a great coach doesn't necessarily mean that you are a thriving business owner. So join us as we talk about the business of coaching. Welcome to the show. It's delightful to have you here as we dive into another week of exploring strategies, tools, and resources that help coaches be the best coaches they can be, leaders communicate more effectively and empower their teams. And as a whole, wherever you are and whatever your impact of the world is, I'm willing to bet that we're doing something here on the Star Coach Show that can help you in the way that you're engaging with others. I'm Meg Rentschler. I'm the host of the Star Coach Show and am absolutely committed to the way that we engage and communicate with one another can be stronger, that we can connect on a more meaningful level. And I do that by being an executive coach, going into organizations and helping them change the way that they're communicating and create healthier environments. I also help coaches strengthen their coaching and figure out how they're going to move into their worlds in a way that brings their impact forward. And with that, we've got today's show. Today's show, we are going to be visiting with Thomas Keenan. Now, Thomas is all about the business of the business, how he is helping business owners get their work into the world. He's best known for his own humble beginnings and lengthy career as a custom car auto, auto installer. He's sort of the epitome of a technician turned to COO. And how many of us are, you know, loving to coach, loving to be our service providers, and then suddenly we're like, if we want to do this, we want to do this maybe as entrepreneurs, we suddenly become CEOs of our own businesses and we're in that place of how do I do this? So Th Thomas is willing to share his own journey with us, the times that he fell down and scraped his knees and got back up again, and how he turned his learning into being a success coach for other industry leaders and business owners. He works with entrepreneurs who don't want to be average and they want to crush seven-figure-plus businesses. He recently moved to Texas, so welcome to Texas, Thomas, uh, to begin his newest company, the Step It Up Academy, where he uses his expertise and vast experiences that have put him in the spotlight in such magazines as Forbes, Mobile Electronics Magazine, CE Outlook, CEO Blog Nation. I mean, it continues. He has been 
out there in the world helping business owners really reach their dreams. What we talk about today is that it's not all about our service delivery. We have to lean into the business of the business, even if that makes us uncomfortable or we don't know exactly what we need to do. So Thomas is going to help us understand what is the business of the business, what, and he's going to give us a peek behind the curtain of what he does with his clients and some of the key performance indicators that he encourages them to get. We're going to talk about his book. We're going to talk about the business that he has, and we're going to challenge you to step into being a business owner. So join us as we talk about the business of coaching. Thomas Keenan, welcome to the Star Coach Show. I am so excited to be here with you today. Hey, Meg, this is awesome. I'm really excited to be here. And uh, it's one of those things that I just love to do to give back. You know, we all have these experiences in life and business. And if we can have a conversation here that's going to positively impact one person, then our time here today is worth it. Excellent. And I know that it's going to be even more than one. So there you go. It just multiply that by many. So as a person who began being a business owner in your late teens, you've mm-hmm. had lots of experience in what what does it take to be successful? You've fallen down, you've scraped your knees, you've gotten up, you've moved forward, and now you're at a place where you help other business owners thrive. But we're mm-hmm. going to start with that place of how did working with a coach help change your life as a business owner? Sure. Working with a coach changed everything for me. My first, I'll give you the brief story, brief version of here. My first business I had for five years and I was a great technician and I come from the car audio industry. I worked on cars. I was a custom fabricator. I built cool audio systems and I I loved it. Um, And it got to the point where I was a great technician, but I knew nothing about running the business. And I, I had this mindset of, yeah, I just built this business and magically people are going to walk in the door. Magically, people are going to buy things and spend money with me. And this is going to be a thriving company. And I'm because you knew you were good at what you do. I think I thought that was all that was needed. Right. And that right there was probably the biggest life's lesson was just because you build it does not mean they're going to come. And it took me failing in that business after five years and going back work for someone for a couple of years, get back on my feet, learn a little bit more about life, a little bit more about business, a little bit more about how to interact with people in certain situations, you know, with, with your history and whatnot. But the way that I've always worked is I'll go and work for someone for a couple of years. And all of a sudden I get the itch back to go work for me again. So the itch is coming again. I just recently was married to my wife and I said, you know what? I've got to do it now. I'm young. I'm newly married. I don't have kids yet. Now is the time for me to go ahead and, and go with try number two. And I did it. And for the first five years, I made every one of those mistakes over again. The blessing and the only reason that I didn't fail miserably again in the second company was the fact that I had a business partner in this one. And he was strong-willed, hard worker, just like I was. And we just made things happen. And the way that we made things happen was, hey, we're just going to work harder. The problem with that is it only goes so far. And you're not necessarily working smarter. You're just working harder. (laughs) No, there was no smartness uh, (laughs) to that whatsoever. So. I'm a, I'm a huge firm believer in life-altering events, right? Like, so getting married, you know, uh, having children, maybe a loss or a death of a, of a loved one. There's certain things that happen to us in life that that trigger us or cause us to pivot. And we have to because 
things change, our perception changes. So one of the main ones for me, my wife comes to me and says, hey, I'm pregnant, but we're, gonna, we're bringing a child into this world. Okay, great. This is something that we planned. We're trying for it. And it was, all right, no big deal for a couple of weeks. And then I think about three weeks into it, it was like, oh my God, like we have a child coming into the world and I, I'm going to be a responsible father and I need to take care of this kid. And if I'm going to basically show up and be present for my daughter's life, I can't be working 20 hour days. Okay. So, so that working I- harder was no longer because you wanted other people in your life and other events to fit in, including yeah. those adorable. Yeah. When we mm-hmm. have an adorable child. Yes. Yeah. So I took a step back and I said, well, how do we fix this? Because if, if it had to do with the installation of the technical role of the job, I don't need help there. I have that. I have it figured out. We're really efficient at what we do. We're good at what we do. However, the backside of business, the operations side of things, the structure, I have no idea what I'm doing. So let's go find someone who's been here, done that, and see if they can help us. So I went out and I started using the good old Google and just searching local people in my area at the time who would um, basically facilitate or be a business coach or a mentor of some sorts. Uh, found a couple of different gentlemen, uh, walked through a couple of different processes with them. We chose uh, uh, one, one gentleman named Richard. We worked with him for a couple of months. And he actually was offered a job as a full-time CFO at a large organization and he took it. And he said to us, he's like, hey, I love working with you guys, but I just got this really amazing offer and I can no longer do this one-to-one coaching with you. It's okay, I understand that. And, and I respected him for coming to me and, and with very open, direct communication as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's funny, uh, that's one of the values that has carried on with me for many years since then as well. It's one of the things that I believe in this open, direct, authentic conversation with clients, with, with family members, guests on my podcast, the whole nine yards, right? Any any conversation has to be open to right. So uh, Richard then led me to another coach. We worked with another coach for several years and, and we built out the back-end operation of this business. So this coach, not only was he a coach slash consultant, but he also owned a marketing agency. And he helped us dial in what we needed for sales, for offers, for back-end systems, for project management, all of these things that were new terms to me at that point in my career. And I started to basically step back and see, oh, wow, there's a lot of power here. And then what the skill set that this, this gentleman was transferring over to me also applies to many other industries and businesses. And that's really what, what kind of intrigued me to go down that rabbit hole even deeper. Excellent. As you were talking about, I was a great technician. I knew what I could do. It's sort of like if you only knew what I could do for you, you would be here lined up for my business. However, that that's not the case. So just because you're a great coach, let's say, and what I hear from coaches again and again is, Meg, I love coaching. I love the transformation that comes from coaching. I just want to hang up my sign and have people flock to me. Well, yeah, I would love that for you. However, we really have to pay attention to the business side of business. And you challenge your clients to do a deep dive into their ops. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how, as a coach, as a business owner, now I get that not everyone who listens is a business owner. Some of you might be internal coaches. Some of you might just be doing something on the side. But I promise you what Thomas has to share, you're still going to want to think about because life changes, things happen. And this information is just key in what do you need to be aware of and be thinking about and be intentional about in your business? So 
Let me throw it to you. Where do we want to start with this whole concept of challenging around the operations? Yeah. So this is, you're 100% right. This is something that applies to people. I don't care if you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, or what your case is, whether you hold a position in a company, this is something that you can do for yourselves to figure out, A, where do I stand? And what do I need to focus on in order to be more productive, aka make more money, right? So number one is, what, what am I worth per hour? And the really simple basic calculation, I run all my clients through this. And when they come in and they start working with us over here at this organization, we, we run the clients through this. And I don't care if you've done this before, 5, 10, 15 times. No, we're going to do it again because we need a refresh. We need a reset. So the first thing is we need to figure out what your worth is per hour. And that's that's a KPI that I think every person in this country should, check, should track. You have to know what you're worth per hour, okay, for multiple reasons. Um, and it's real simple. It's how much money did you make last year? divided by 2080 equals your worth per hour. And 2080 is approximately working a nine to five job, five days a week, 40 hours a week. Okay. And as a business owner, you and I both know that you're probably working more than 40 hours a week. Right, right. So that's already kind of bringing your um, uh, dollars per hour up maybe a little bit, but it's so um, 2080 mm-hmm. divided by your, your whatever you made yeah, last so year. Whatever you made last year divided by 2080. That's going to give you uh, a rough KPI of what you're worth per hour. So I happen to know this number off the top of my head because I, I present it a lot. So if you made $300,000 last year divided by 2080, it comes out to $144 and change, like 24 cents, okay? All right, great. That's an, an amazing KPI to have right there. I know now, know now know that I'm worth this much money per hour. So now the theory is, all right, I have to go in and, and establish and figure out where I'm spending my time in my position in my company the most. And I have to eliminate the things that are below that dollar amount. If I don't, I'm actually costing the company more money than if I were to go find the right person and hire, train, delegate these tasks to that person. So it's it's a time study. And it's not fun. It's not for the faint of heart. But this is one of those things where if you push through the exercise, you get through it, you do it the right way, you don't cheat, you're going to have an amazing outcome and an aha moment several times throughout it. And that aha moment is going to force you to say, okay, now I'm looking at this through a different perspective, new set of lenses. I now see some of the pieces that I need to change or some of the, the moves that I need to make to better myself in this position. So let me ask you this. If the people who are listening are not making, so they're not making what they want to be made. Let's say that last year, their income from coaching was $40,000. And that's, so that's going to bring in a KPI that is, that a lot of things are probably going to fall in, but they're not activities that they want to be doing. They're activities that they know that their KPI could be, or that their dollar per hour could be higher. Mm-hmm. So how, once they do this and they realize that I'm doing a lot of work for $10 and 80 cents an hour or whatever, mm-hmm. what, what would you recommend? Yeah. So you have to, that's why it's so important that you establish that initial KPI because you need to you need to basically track that and I'd say a minimum once per quarter you want to see that in an upward trend over the year. Okay. If it's not going in an upward trend, then you're doing something wrong in business and, and that's a different conversation. Okay. So figure out what you're worth and then let's let's study and figure out where you're spending your time. All right. And there's there's no fun way to do this. I recommend two weeks long. Get out a pen and paper. Get out an Excel spreadsheet if you prefer Excel. Get out an, an, an iNote in your iPhone if you prefer that. Start writing down every single thing you do in 15-minute increments for two weeks. For two weeks, everybody. Two weeks. Two weeks. That's yeah. 14 days. <laughs> okay. It is. 
It is. And we have tasks, you know, there's basic tasks such as booking appointments, uh, uh, sending an email to a client, following up, collecting money, uh, data entry, those kind of tasks where then and this is it's called the time bucket exercise. And I have it in my book as well. Right. That those tasks that I just gave you there are around the ten dollar per hour tasks. Those are, are basic tasks. They are necessary for the business to survive. Right. And what I find with most small business owners is they had to do that at the beginning when they first started in that grind up, that startup mode. And they have they're very hesitant to release it to someone else. Right. But these are the things that we have to learn to document it. Right. We then have to delegate it so we can then offload it and and basically give it to someone else and say, hey, this is now your task and your responsibility within the company. Right. It's kind of like. You have to go in there and do the work and you need to backfill and replace yourself in everything that you're doing consistently and constantly. And if you're not doing that, you're going to stay exactly where you are forever. We'll be back to my interview with Jen Benninger right after this message. We're talking about the business of the business today. And the reality is many coaches are struggling to turn their passion for coaching into a thriving business. And they're not alone. We hit that roadblock when it comes to entrepreneurship because we love to coach, but we don't necessarily know how to build a business. And that's why I have some exciting news for you. The why, what, and how of being a wildly successful coach is a free series that is available now. I'm in partnership with Sue Shoning, the CEO of Coach Automator, because together we are committed to helping you overcome the confusion, the overwhelm, the spin that often comes with building our own coaching businesses. In this series, we are providing a clear and actionable path forward. You'll not only understand the why and what, of enrolling clients, but we'll also give you the valuable how. We want to equip you with everything you need to create a thriving coaching business. The first two parts of the series are available now through Star Coach podcast episodes. Part one, why it is critical to have an online presence, and part two, the what, your marketing mojo. These episodes are in your Star Coach feed right now, episodes 356 and 358. So wherever you listen to your podcasts, go grab those episodes. And by the way, make sure that you're subscribed so that you never miss an episode. Now, let me tell you a bit about my amazing partner, Sue Shoning. She is the CEO of Coach Automator. She's an expert in content marketing digital marketing, email marketing, lead generation, all the things that we need to know and maximize to be a flourishing business owner. So together, we share this passion for removing barriers that hold coaches back from achieving the kind of success they desire and very truthfully that the world needs them to have. We're going to address the why and what in those podcast episodes. And now we're inviting you to join a live webinar where we tackle the biggest barrier to your success, the how. So save the date Friday, September 29th at noon central, 1 p.m. New York time. 
and plan to join us for this live dive into both the psychology of selling and the tools of the how. How are you going to make this happen? Now, you'd have to register for the webinar so that we can send you a link to join us. Go to starcoachshow.com slash 358, starcoachshow.com slash 358 to be sure to register for that live webinar because you are going to want to be there. Don't let the challenges of entrepreneurship hold you back from creating the coaching business of your dreams. Join us for the why, what, and how of being a wildly successful coach. You want to be at that live webinar. We're going to have special bonuses for you and special things for people who join us live. So go to starcoachshow.com slash 358 to register for the webinar. And now let's get back to my interview with Thomas Keenan. So as as you're documenting every 15 minutes, you're going to start seeing that I just spent an hour doing a social media post that took me forever because I couldn't figure out how to do it when somebody else could have, it was their genius work, they could have got it. And so I just spent $144 doing one social media post. Right. So for me, like what I've learned from it very quickly is I understand the importance of bookkeeping because of all the businesses that I've owned and, and operated in over the years. I understand the importance of bookkeeping. However, I am not the one to do, go do the data entry with bookkeeping. Don't ask me to set up your chart of accounts and QuickBooks because it's going to be a mess. So I rather from the get-go, from the onset of a company, I rather go and hire. And of course, I've got people on my team now who do specifically right. this one, right? And that's one of the, the beauties of being in business for so long. You meet people who are experts in specific areas, but go find someone who is that expert bookkeeper who can set you up for success from the get-go. Is it going to cost you some money? Sure it is. But if you don't do it now, it's going to cost you tenfold three years from now when someone's going to go in and clean up the mess. Ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're speaking from experience here. Yeah. Okay. So we get this, we do this bucket activity where every 15 minutes we're noting things. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the things over your work with people that you're finding are showing up? What are some of the <laughs> aha moments and the lights mm-hmm. go on and the and the reality happens sure. with, so, with this exercise? So when people start making a, a decent amount of money, and what that dollar amount varies depending upon you know your lifestyle, where you live, that kind of stuff. But there comes a point in time where it no longer makes sense for you, the individual, to do certain things even at home on the personal level, right? I'll give you a for instance. So I moved, I moved to Dallas uh, about three years ago, right? Got a nice house, got these big windows all over the place. I moved here, and about I don't know a month or so, a month and a half later, I said, "Man, the windows are dirty. I got to clean the windows." So I said, "All right, I'm going to get in my truck." I'm going to drive to Home Depot. I'm going to buy a ladder. I'm listing off all these supplies I need to go buy. And I list off all these supplies. And, and I'm literally grabbing my keys, getting out, ready to go outside, get in the truck. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on a second. Wait a minute. Yeah, wait a minute. I'm, I'm about to spend $500 or more and probably two or three trips to Home Depot because we know that game goes. And I'm going to come back home and I'm going to set up a ladder and I'm going to start cleaning these windows in my house. It's going to take me all day. Halfway through the project, I'm going to lose my temper and my patience and say, this is ridiculous. I'm never doing it again. And the $500 to $700 in supplies is going to sit in the corner of the garage collecting dust for, for eternity. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, hold on a second here. 
I was like, oh, I have a client who does this. So I reach out to the client and I say, hey, I know you're in the DFW area. I am too. Do you cover, because DFW, as you know, is, is large. Like, do you cover this area of DFW? And like, of course we do. It's like, awesome. So I have them come out, right? And, and now they, they come out once a quarter and just do it for me. It was $332 for them to clean my windows professionally. They were here with two gentlemen and they were here for three hours. And they, these are pros who have all of the stuff. So if it took these two guys three hours to do all the work, what would it have taken me? And you think about, I'm not going to ask you what your dollar per hour is for yourself, but I promise you that probably, you know, less than an hour you were taken care of. So yes, it was, it was in my uh, financial benefit to let them clean the windows. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you can enjoy your house better when you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, isn't, aren't those beautiful windows and somebody else took care of that? Well, here's the other thing too, right? Okay, great. I call these guys. They come in. The professionals do the work. But now instead of me spending an entire day doing that, I've now gained back that time. Now I can put another five, six, seven, eight hours into my favorite buckets, the $10,000-an-hour bucket. That's the bucket where you pretty much can't make enough money to replace the experiences. So go spend time with your kids. Go to the gym. Go get a massage. Go, go take care of yourself. Go on a vacation. Go speak on stage. Go spend time on a podcast like this. right? Or Let's go spend some time in the $1,000 an hour bucket, which is let's go work with a coach. Let's go let's go build the next sales campaign, email campaign and, and hit the list and let's go generate some sales for the company. So in that eight hour period, how many emails could you write, right? How, how, much, how much content could you produce? How many videos could you create? How much marketing material could you put together in a full eight hour day that you can then repurpose for the next three to six months? And that, that also brings income into your company. Exactly. So, yeah, it, it goes way, way beyond the $332 that it actually cost me out of my pocket for this company to come in and clean my windows. Plus, I just happen to believe that that's kind of what makes the world go round. You allow other people to do their genius work. They they get their income. You make your income where you're supposed to be making your income. It's just kind of the connectedness of the world. So mm-hmm. uh, good on that as well. When Once people get that clarity... What are some of the things that you know to be true are activities that you just need to hold on to as a business owner, the, and then the ones that are more likely that you could give to others? Yeah. So there, there's, there, here's, here's my rule on it. Uh, as a business owner, you will never get out of sales completely, right? There's always that well client, that top level client, that 1% client who needs you to come in and close them and kind of hold their hand. Okay. And if you think you're going to walk away from that, I'm sorry, you're not. Like, it's just part of it. Uh, the other piece of it is your marketing message, right? I believe that the business owner should always review and see what's going out as far as content and marketing and make sure it's the voice that you want out there for your company. Uh, because oftentimes, yeah, we have this, this, we do it, we document, we delegate, all that kind of stuff. We bring people in, we bring in a copyright, we bring in a marketing firm. And they, they have the best intentions, but sometimes the messaging that comes out is no longer the messaging that we would use. It no longer sounds like us. Right. So I think it's super important that the small business owner keeps their thumb on the pulse of the marketing message that's going out in, into the world, into the marketplace for themselves. So good. And then obviously service delivery. Mm-hmm. You are all going to be providing the actual service delivery. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to partner with other people and all that kind of thing. But in general... 
you know, you're the one that's going to be given the keynote, or you're the one that's going to be meeting with your clients, or you're the one that is um, going to be doing that. But I love that for the ops part, you do. And and I think, you know, just different people have different visions, and it needs to be your vision. I had somebody send me something once, doesn't this look really cool? And I was like, well, yeah, but it doesn't look at all like my branding. It doesn't look at all like what I offer. So I get it. I get that it's cool. And it can't really go out to represent me because it's not, it's not anything sort of under my branding. Yeah. So good. So good. So after you get people weeping by the end of this two week time period and, and they hopefully they continue to work with you. No, I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course they will. What, what do you want the listeners to be thinking about once they're done with the two week time study and they're making some choices about how they're going to move forward? Yeah, it's, it's big picture stuff at that point. So you got to figure out what you're doing on a micro level. But we also have to step back and do, do more of a macro level look at the company, right? I, I'm a firm believer of, of looking at the company from a holistic 30,000 foot view. Uh, look over, let's look over everything. Let's talk about all the main areas of your company. Let's talk about sales. Let's talk about marketing. Let's talk about fulfillment. Let's talk about personnel. Uh, do you have a hiring process in place? Do you have an onboarding process in place? Those are two pieces right there that that I find that most small business owners just have no idea that, oh, I, I even need that. And we find so many inconsistencies in the in the talent pool that they're bringing into the companies. And a lot of that is you have no hiring process and you have no established culture in the company, no, no vision, no mission statement, no core values. So how do we insert and instill those into the company as well? But before we do that, let's let's take a look at this 30,000 foot view of the company and look at all the main areas. Let's see what's working. Let's see what's working well. Let's see what's broken. Let's see what's missing completely. And then we're going to basically come together and say, all right, what's the most important? And a lot of the times, what's most important is going to, can, is going to be determined upon what the end goal you have for the year. So what are you trying to do here? You're right. And, and you know, from a small business owner's perspective, a lot of guys are like, hey, well, I want to hit the elusive seven-figure mark. I want to be a million-dollar year uh, gross, gross sales company. Okay, great. Well, wh- where are we now? Right, we have to establish where we are now in order in order for us to build the game plan to get there. Right, and and the way that I've always done it, and the way I've been taught by my mentors and coaches, is establish where you are, establish where you want to be, and you then have to reverse engineer the game plan to get there. Right, start with the end in mind and build backwards. So that's something that I, I walk all my clients through heavily. Uh, we're real big on a year end planning meeting, and then doing quarterly offsite meetings as well. And we help facilitate and put those meetings together, give them outlines. Hey, these are some of the structures and the topics and the exercises that you need to go through in order to to pull this information from your team as well, right? Because your team that's out there and doing things sees things through a different set of lenses than you do as a business owner. Mm. And I think it's foolish for small business owners who don't allow their team to give them that real world feedback. Yeah, it's a wasted opportunity. So, you know, you're investing in those people allow them to to give you their wisdom. So, so good. And I know that we could probably talk, talk, talk about this. Uh, anything major that we've sort of left on the table as we begin to wrap up our time? There's a lot of talk about core values all over the place. And I think it's been a buzzword probably for the last couple of years, more so than ever. And I, I'm, I'm a big believer. I talk about it heavily in my book as well. And it's something that I, once I established and actually bought into it, it changed the game of my of my second small business. Uh, we had a major issue with um, employee turnover and just not bringing the right people into the organization and not 
realizing when some of the bad people were sticking around and why they were causing a wreaking havoc inside the organization as well. Once you get clarity on those values and you start operating by them on a daily basis, that changes everything. And it's scary, right? It's a lot, it's a lot of work to get the values established. It's then even more work to constantly drill your team and uphold the, sta- the standards and the values that you've established. But one of the one of the negative parts, and it's negative in the short term, but it's positive in the long term, mm-hmm. is that when you establish core values correctly in a company, I find that you're going to have attrition and usually at the higher levels within the company as well. You're going to have people who leave because they actually don't agree with the values that you've instilled. And yes, it's difficult at first, but it is one of those things that is necessary and is going to help you grow overall, but it's going to take some time. Right. And it's it's one of those doing the short-term sacrifice for the long-term gain, uh, mm-hmm. but it's hard to see sometimes when you're in, anytime we operate out of scarcity or fear, it's sort yeah. of hard to see the picture beyond that. So good. Now you've talked a couple of times about uh, your book. Tell us yes. the name of your book. Yeah. So it's a four-letter word. It's I know it is. Business. <laughs> uh, I wrote the book in June of 2019. I basically wanted to put a book together that that describes some of my life story and some of the things I've experienced in business for those people who needed it to help them in their companies. Because when I was coming up through the business game, this is you know late 90s, early 2000s, the internet isn't what it is today or wasn't what it is today, right? I, I did not have uh, Google at my fingertips to go and search and look up in these things. We didn't have Facebook and social media to go into Facebook groups with other small business owners and learn from them. Uh, masterminds weren't like they are today all over the place. And, you know, a dime a dozen, you can go find one in many different areas of the country, right? So I wanted to basically put this information together that I that helped me tremendously, put it into one package and then offer it and say, hey, I'm not looking to make money on this. I want, I want this to help you and help impact your business in a positive way. Please read it. That was it. That was a goal on the intent. Beautiful. We'll have a link for that book in there. And your the name of your book again? Unf Your Business. Unf Your Business. Yeah. And you also have a podcast. Tell us about your podcast. Yeah. My podcast is called Step It Up Entrepreneur. Um, that podcast has been around now for August. I think it'll be four years, yeah, three or four years, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, Very the, the, cool. I'm sure you're aware of the podcast stats. Most people don't make it past either six or seven episodes and they give up. And it's something where I wanted to get other small business owners, entrepreneurs, people who, who were on a self-development journey, come in here, let's have conversations, let's tell your stories. And again, let's give some information out for free that other people can use and and roll out and implement into their own lives. And I love that. That's exactly why I do this show. So uh, Thomas and I immediately clicked when we uh, first talked about him coming on the show. We will have links for you to be able to learn more about Thomas and his business and the work that he does. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thanks, Meg. This is great. Thank you for joining us for this Star Coach episode with Thomas Keenan. And think about those key performance indicators that you really need to be paying attention to in the business of your coaching. We challenge you to step into that exercise that Thomas talked about and spend the next two weeks monitoring every 15 minutes what you're doing to determine, are you really making the best use of your time? Now, my conversation with Thomas continues in the Star Coach community. Want to know what a thriving community of heart-centered coaches can bring to you? Well, 
I've created a sneak peek for what is going on in the Star Coach community at starcoachshow.com slash community. That's starcoachshow.com slash community. Explore what is available for you there. Now, be sure to grab the links to connect with Thomas and the work he does below this video and subscribe to this channel so you never miss an episode. Next week, I'm going solo to explore with you the expert advice I can give you to step into the spotlight with ease so that you can attract those clients to you who really need to know what it is that you're doing, what you offer, so that they're able to take advantage of that. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week.